0: February 9th, 2022. This morning's class is donated by Sophia and Eddie Rishti in honor of the birth of a new baby boy. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin and Nun Aleph Amud Aleph, or on the very bottom line, just four words before the end of the line, the Gemara, in finishing its conversation about what those words of Rabbi Eliezer in the Beraita at the top of the page meant uh, brings the opinion of Rabbi Yirmiya. After all, what was it that Rabbi Eliezer said? Rabbi Eliezer had these mysterious words. He said, Again, it's in the context, that much we do know, of Bat <laughs> Kohen, of a woman who's the daughter of Kohen who has wrongful relations. But his words are, her father is, by burning, and her father-in-law, is by stoning it's not fully understood the Gemara had several clever suggestions as to how to crack that code the Gemara is concluding its conversation with just a few more opinions (laughs) says I'll crack the code what does it mean her father with burning her father-in-law with stoning Truth is, he says, the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer is, co- is uh, commensurate, it's, it's identical to that of Rabbi Ishmael. Now, Rabbi Ishmael is an opinion we just mentioned a few lines ago in the Gemara, and we'll elaborate upon in just a few more lines in the Gemara, but fundamentally his opinion is, when a woman who's a Bat-Kohen is engaged, it's then that she gets Serefa. When she's married, when she's Nisua, in that circumstance she gets Hanik. I'll repeat again. According to Rabbi Ishmael, the only difference when the Torah says, that's talking about an arusa, an engaged woman. So far, so good. The words of Rabbi Ishmael, I understand those words. Okay, now I understand. It means when she's in her father's household, I'm defining that as during time of engagement, before she's fully married, bisrefa. The next words are a little bit difficult. Et hamiha, when she's out of her father's household, when she stepped into her husband's slash father-in-law's household, well, according to Rabbi Ishmael, now she gets chenet. Rabbi Eliezer's words were Biskila, So it's not exactly clean, Rabbi You're suggesting that Rabbi Li'ezer really pegs himself, is really committing himself to Rabbi Not so fast. You have to be a little bit more creative. Et aviha, b'shut aviha, the first statement, as I mentioned, is easy to understand. According to Bishmael, which in turn is the opinion of Bili Azer, is a Arusa the punishment is Sireva. That's The next words are the hard ones. Hamia. What does it mean, Hamia? You just told me, I repeat it to you several times. Bishmael's opinion is when she's married, she gets a punishment just like all of Israel. What's that? Henek Mehamia Biskila. You'd have to interpret those next words of not as in the possession, in the reshut of her father-in-law, but she committed the relations with her father-in-law. In that circumstance, it's clear the Mishnah tells us that the halakha is your daughter-in-law, the relations is sekilah. Is, uh, is, uh, well, that being the case, it all does work out, technically speaking. Is it on a high level or not? The, the the answer is you're asking uh, according to bishmaiel really you're asking according to bishmaiel you want to know what's the what's the grading of Serefa and sekilah the answer is Serefa is greater like Rabbi Shimon, so to speak but ultimately speaking when you get married it's supposed to be hanich right that's the regular punishment for a woman Ivar bat kohen who has relations after marriage just like israel that's why it means- that's the Hidush, it's with her father almost. So you got the more Hamur one, which is Sekilah. Yeah. Sekilah is certainly greater than Hanech. The only, do do? According to everyone. According to everyone, both Bishimon and Hachamin. Okay. Right? In other words, he... No. Absolutely. It it be... He just switches the order of Serifan and Sekilah. When we're dealing with marriage, right, in a regular circumstance, according to the oh, Bishmael, it's Haynek, so now you're going up to Sekilah. The only difficulty over here, also, I listen, technically it all works out, it's the specifics of the words. In other words, if I'm giving you even a coded word, a sentence, I say et aviha, and then I say et hamia, you'd think that they're somewhat identical in terms of what they're referring to. In the possession, in the domain of her father, in the possession and domain of her father-in-law. Instead, the suggestion of Erev is in the possession in the domain of her father, but the flip side, et hamia means with her father. law well, that's a tough sell. I mean, it's a symmetrical line. It's, it's a statement, et aviha, et hamia, and just separating by punishment. Says the gem, a adam bechenek, and the flip side is again when she's married a bat kohen with her father-in-law, it's biskilah. With anyone else, of course, it would be chenek. That's the pin of Bishmael. I'm can't accept such a claim to be My I don't understand. Why did you differentiate? Why would Rabbi Leizer differentiate in his uh, in his presentation? Oi mamash. Either the et aviah and et is mamash. Meaning it's with the father, with the father in law, the relations, which obviously would be uh, Yemiah is not claiming that way, or alternatively, they're both referring to in the domain of the father or the father-in-law. Again, according to the Yumiya, you're splitting it down the middle. It's et Avia in the domain of the father, not in the domain of, but rather with the father-in-law. Says it's just not clean enough to argue that that's the interpretation of Bishma'il. Ela amar Rava, says Rava, the second to last stab at it over here. Le'olam I'll, uh, me. I'll tell you that that statement, the mysterious one, that of Rabbi Ya'azer, et bisrefa, biskila, that's following Rabbi Shimon. Hard sell. How's it following Rabbi Shimon? The Bishimon told us, as we discussed before the class, that both Arusa and Nesuah is Bisrefa. He opens up to the Torah in Parashat Emor, and it's a simple read for a Bishimon. There are no theological, no philosophical questions. The Torah says, "Ubat ish kohen ki not What type of woman? A bat kohen, married or engaged? Bat kohen. The answer is in all circumstances, nothing. Uh, Well, again, in the simple reading, correct. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. In the most, in the most simple reading of the text, it's even a pinuya as 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 Mara says. Ultimately speaking, you're right. He's not as simple as I made him out to be, but he's simple to the extent that it's still arusa or nesua. Well, that being the case, we turn to Rava. And we say, Rava, you just claimed that Rabbi Eliezer is following the opinion of Rabbi Shimon. Not so fast, because you're right. The first statement, et avia b'sreifa, move Beautiful statement. That's Rabbi Shimon. Et hamia b'skila. Had you dropped to Sikila over there, right? You dropped over there because in the world of Rabbi Shimon, that's a drop. You're not going up. Says the, says the Gemara. il Amar, Rabbi Shimon, BiLi'ezer. Rabbi is a Rabbi Shimon tweaked. How's he tweaked? Nisuah <inaudible> We generally speaking want the Nisuah to be similar to in the way that we're treating her with severity of punishment, like an Arusa. Well take a, a, a one step back and understand how it works over here for an arusa bat israel Hu zinta, the Torah in, parasha, in, in Sefer Devarim, Perek Parashat Kiteset tells us, she gets Sekila, right? Yisraelit gets Sekila. You bump that up when we're dealing with a Bat Kohen, you understand? Ah, it's any woman over here, Bat Kohen, says her Bishimon. how do we bump it up one level? To Serefa. Ma arusa, had darga, darga means level, step, maskinan, asik means to go up, la, mi lisrefa. The same way on the one hand, when, when I talk about the engaged woman, according to the strict, clear Rebbe you went up a level. Why'd you go up a level? Bat Kohen, We're not dealing with a regular woman. We're dealing with Bat Kohen. She goes up a level. She goes from Sikila, which is the standard punishment, to Serefa. Says Abeliezer, I love that logic, Rebbe Shimon, but I think that when we go into the domain of Nisuah, you're skipping too many levels. Because in a regular Nisuah, Bat Yisrael, What's the halacha if she has a zinut? She gets henek. I think you can't skip now. Several steps up, up to serifa, which is the top. Henek for the bishimon. Look at the mishnah is number three. Well, if it's number three, it means if I'm going to go one step up, I'm going to go up to sikkilav. As a result, the statement is afnisua. Had means one. darga means a stage, a step. Maskinana, mehenek. That's the statement in turn of Ravai. It's very clever. It's certainly the clearest and strongest claim you've made thus far. But, and it's a shame is not here, but Jared was making this sort of claim yesterday. He said, How come the Gemara is so certain that Rabbi Yahizr was one of the Tanaim? can have an independent opinion. Everything over here is revolving around the fact that how does he fit into the Bishimon or to the Hachamim or to this. The answer begins with we don't know what he's talking about at all. He could have an independent opinion. He's talking about Aviyah and Hamihah. He's talking about father and father-in-law. He's talking about sleeping with them. He's talking about, he's talking about in the domain of the father. that I in those, The beginning stages, we just don't know what he's talking about to begin with. Then we're working with a construct, a structure we have already, but but Ravah is extending it a bit. So as Ravah, I'll tell you, it's all talking about domain. How much I'm setting forth. Now, in terms of punishment, as it does have an independent opinion. He's within the framework of Rabbi Shimon that Sekilah is above Serefa. And then he uses his own logic in reading the Torah and understanding his punishment with okay. Uh, According to the Bish... No, Sekila is above Henek. as I say Refa? I'm sorry. Serefa is above Sekila. And in turn, Serefa is for the Arusa. And Sekila will be for the Nesua. Says the Gemara, Matkifla Rabbi Hanina, says Rabbi Hanina, in his attack of Rava, Ha-idi ve'idi, Rabbi Shimon bisrefa ka'amar. So the attack is, and I mean it, hard to understand. His attack is, that's not Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon's opinion, as we mentioned earlier, as as, uh, as Morris helped me with, is, uh, Rabbi Shimon's opinion is both Arusa and Esuaz Bisrefa. I mean, that's his opinion. Is that really a matkif? Uh, hard for me to fully to understand exactly the attack over here. Because again, Ravaz's claim is that Rabbi Eliezer is an independent opinion. The, the counterclaim is, but if he's accepting Rabbi Shimon, it's an all or nothing uh, 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 proposal. Why is it an all or nothing? Maybe he accepts Rabbi Shimon with regards to, as we just spoke it out, with regards to severity of se'irefa above se'kila, and then he injects his own logic in this in this system. So the disproof over here, the matkif, as I'm suggesting, is that it's it's not a knockout. In other words, it's not to the extent that you couldn't make the claim that Rebbe is standing independently. It's exactly what Rebbe uh, Ravah just did. The suggestion is we're surprised more than anything. This is how you have to be the Gemara. We're surprised there's a new opinion that was. Wasn't recorded in a regular way together with our other opinions. It's the concluding line of a Biraita in which you recorded standardized opinion and you introduced an absolutely new opinion. Hard for us to accept that this is a new opinion that's being mentioned, so to speak, matter-of-factly in the context of something which we're dealing with, laws that are already understood and we're trying to elaborate upon them. And all of a sudden, in that context, you brought up a new opinion, so it doesn't sound right. What's that? It fits beautifully. It fits. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it fits so beautifully, and the logic is there. Rava has a great claim, but again, the the counter claim is, in my understanding, is the context doesn't fit as well. Ella amar Ravina therefore says, and this is the concluding line on this matter. The truth is, this rabili azer, the mysterious words of rabili azer which we've been grappling with for what? Almost a day and a half now. I'll tell you what it, how we read it. EPUCH. You have to flip it. It's the opinion of Rabbanan, of Hachamim, but it should be flipped. What do you mean it should be flipped? There was a mistake over here in the oral tradition. Our words were, ET BISREFA VET HAMIHA BISKILAH. It shouldn't read like that. It should be, ET AVIHA BISKILAH HAMIHA BISREFA. If you do flip those two words, serefa and sekila, which of course are most, are most important words, or even avia and hamia, if you were to flip those, you now have rendered an opinion of hachamim, who we know and trust very well. The hachamim told us that when a woman is an arusah bat kwein, her punishment is sekila. Why sekila? Because sekila hamura mi serefa, it's the more severe one. That's not what the Torah is talking about. The arusah bat keeps the standard punishment, which is the highest of punishments. When does she get serefa? when she's a nisuah, that's what we would call hami'ah, when she's in the domain of her father-in-law. Then we bump her up from Henek to serefa which means, ultimately speaking, Ravina, who's one of the later or the last generation of Emoraim. has one of the final words on this matter. Instead of accepting the or the way the beraita seemed to present him, <coughs> and that was et Aviha. Bisrefa, vethamiha, bisquila it should rather be et aviha bisquila when she's in the domain of her father, i.e., when she's engaged, biskilah, biskilah, that's the higher punishment according to hachamim, v'et Hamiyah when she's in the domain of her father-in-law, meaning when she's in the married, then she gets Serefa, which is the higher punishment of what a Bat Israel counterpart would get, which would be Henek. You Henex. never get each Kohen. Engaged. Engaged. Correct. Aruhsa bat kohen, according to the Chachamim, never gets serifah. She gets sekilah, which is You're the higher punishment. The right, right. You're not getting at the oraita how so that? It's the words. The Torah says, bat shakoneh, is serifah. We are defining at the oraita now. What? Ubat ish kohen ki teheliznot. We are defining as when she in Nesua. We're defining. We're not getting rid of the law. When she in Nesua, you just said that we get it. No, no, no. To a Yisrael, we do Haine. To a say. Batish Kohen, we do serefa. serefa. There it is. Ve'epuch, and you should flip it, et aviha b'skila, hamia b'srefa. The Haideka, Amar, et avia. the Gemara, is bothered by something, very briefly. Uh, the word et aviha, We see, the word et aviha, hi mehalelet, generally speaking, uh, sounds as if uh, we're dealing with in Marriage domain That's what you just told me According to the Chachamim Again I went into the Pasuk In the Torah I opened up to Parashat And the Pasuk says Et and you come and you Rabbi what does that word mean? It means she's uh, profaning Her father's uh, merit and status uh, At what stage Rabbi? So I tell you According to the Hachamim, That's how I'm going to go Nisuah. Now I open up the ben-aita. The Benayta says Et aviha, What are the words? Biskila one second. Aviha is when, Rabbi? Oh, that's when she's engaged. You just told me the word et in the Torah means when she's married. Clever clever interpretation over here. But the words don't really match up. It might be something along the lines of what Maharas was bothered by. In other words, aviha in the Torah is in the context according to the hachamim of marriage. In the Beraita, you're telling me, it's in contrast to hamiha. And it means when she's engaged. It says the Gemara v'haidika amaret Avia sircha be'almanakat. Sircha means it's something that's kind of just tagged along. It's just it's it's a word which is not perfectly fitting. It's copying the words that were used earlier in the Biraita. And in truth, Aviha in this context of Bili or we're referring to engagement is not the perfect word we've already been talking about in the domain of our father and the uh, of our father so we use that word but it's what's called Sircha Be'amach or something that kind of got used because it was the word we were already used, using I mean you'd be familiar with that we're in an argument you're using one word continuously and I'm trying to debate you and I'm explaining to you, you have the wrong definition of that word but as I debate you I use that word you say why are you using that word if you tell me I'm wrongly finding it. So I'm using the word you're already using and I'm trying to explain to you within that word, this is what it actually means. That's what the Gemara suggests in its concluding line. It certainly is. But... It certainly is in this context. In other words, as, as Mara says, if you're talking about aviyah in contrast to Hamia, it certainly sounds like engaged. In the Torah, however, which after all is what this Biraita literally is built upon, aviyah, according to the hachamim, is when she's married. That's what makes things confusing. But you're right. Once you have context and it's in contrast to Hamia, it's not all that confusing. Agreed. It says the Gemara onward, Amarav <speaking> Ravin, <Hebrew> The statement is that the halakha is like Ravin stated earlier in his sending from Eretz Yisrael. And that was essentially, uh, technicalities aside, which are not necessary for us at this specific juncture, that the halakha is like Hachamim, or rather to state it clearly that Rebili Ezer, is aligned with the opinion of Hachamim. That's it. So when he told us, what he meant to say was the opinion of Hachamim that when she's engaged, she gets the punishment of Sirifah. When she's married, she gets the punishment of sikila Says the Gemara Marav Yosef, here are the words I told you coming. Question mark. There's one second. You tell me a halakha for the days of Mashiach. Listen, it's fantastic, let's debate, let's talk about, let's understand the laws of I have a whole perech over here, entire chapter, the seventh perech of Masech Etzanet But don't tell me halakha in this context, what's halakha in this context? We're not killing people I mean, it is true, the Gemara says twice, three times, that even though we don't kill people, we still have Kivyachol, HaKadosh Baruch has injected within the DNA of existence that people will find deaths which are similar to what they were deserving. But ultimately speaking, we're not doing so. So why I get it, understand that Bila are perfect, but use the word Halakha, Says the Gemara Amale Abaye Abaye says I don't understand your problem. I mean this is the classic, this is the classic high school rabbi and student's conversation. The student raises their hand and says I don't understand. Are we ever I'm teaching lulav hagazul in the school now? Are we ever going to have a soul in lulav? This is a ridiculous conversation to be had. What's the response? The response is what the Gemara says, and then I'll elaborate for a moment on it. <laughs> É says the Gemara if that, were the, if that were so if your claim that Arba Mitot in this context is not an appropriate endeavor something that we shouldn't be discussing so Shechitat Kodashim which is the entirety of Masechet Zevachim all the laws of slaughtering let's add to it Menachot and arachin and Temura all the laws of Kodashim of Korbanot and the Mikdash would your claim would your claim Rav Yosef of Hilchita le apply to them as well should we not be studying them is it not appropriate for us to be quote-unquote with, you know, the real italicized quotes, uh, wasting our time on it? In other words, the answer clearly is we're okay with that. Why are we okay with that? <laughs> we do We do want to study in order to perform. Rather, there is a sachar, a merit in the derasha, in the understanding, in the delving into the words of God and the Torah, in it of themselves, irrespective of the outcome, just understanding the mechanism, understanding the words, understanding his will, his intention, in what he gave to us, there is something significant in that endeavor, in it of itself. Now, Rosh, in Masechet Cholina, if I'm not mistaken, I've seen this more than once, at least quoted, Rosh's opinion is that this idea of the ve Kabil Sakhar, generally speaking, will want to trace back to words in the torah in other words if i'm dealing with an abstract postulate midrabanan which is not applicable not certain, I would say, derosh ve'kabel sachar. Derosh ve'kabel sachar is a statement, these are the words of God, these are divine, these are eternal, they're not temporal, they're not dealing with circumstances, they are existence itself, but you're not sacrificing, okay, but it's the words of God, so it might be in theory of some respect, but derosh ve'kabel sachar, if I'm dealing with some takana, which existed a thousand years ago, would I make derosh ve'kabel sachar? Rosh argues not, which is an important question to be had, and that's the general question when I'm dealing with the difference between Dirabanans and but all that being the case, that's the response as well. Why am I learning lulev ha My response always in those sorts of contexts, I have to do this in the first days of school to the ninth graders who are learning Gimara for the first time at a higher level. You have to address such an issue because they're in a class. So my response always is because I'm waiting for the question is did you ask that question to any of the other classes? No, our other classes are, are practical really. Let's just run through this calculus It's practical. Science, boron and magnesium, is that what's taking place out in the, uh, in the streets that I've been been missing, uh, and I'll go through one by one. The answer is, is history that practical? I want to understand history. Literally, anything and everything that we're learning, that we're studying, generally speaking, unless it's direct, unless it's business, law, or something along those lines, is all quote-unquote theoretical, but that's who makes you who you are. That's what makes you understand the world around you. That's the Rosh VeKabel Sakhar. If you understand the source of existence, you understand the way the world ticks, the way it works, so now you know how to apply that. Yes, it's a step or two or ten remove, but that's the reality of anything and everything you're going to be involved in while studying. For some reason, Gemara gets the weekend of it. Everybody believes Gemara is the problematic subject. And everything else is very practical. It's literally, it's it's the furthest from it. Because at least in Gemara, sometimes you will have a little more directly la'asot. Yes, man. Learning it is also practical. Because... You're facing those same issues. Whether you're going to get a or not, you have to be dealing with, hey, uh, severe a mistake you so making. hundred percent. I'm going in the same direction, ironically, forgive me, in the same direction in calculus. I can't understand it. My son can, for real. But if I understood it properly, if I was able to accept the axioms of sorts that I can't understand, well, then I imagine, as he tells me, as others tell me, I imagine that I understand the world in yes specific circumstance better. I do. Uh, so certainly in this context as well, I understand the severity of actions which HaKadosh Bar told me not to do which I understand sometimes I shouldn't do irrespective of that. And now I understand their severity. So yes, there's philosophical underpinnings. There's something I understand about myself. A hundred percent. That's derosh V'Kabel Sachar. How so? You know in South Korea they study More than Jews <laughs> around the world. Right. Because they think it sharpens minds of sorts. Right. Right, so I, I, I will be clear, I don't think that's what Derosh V'Kabel Sachar means, right? Derosh Sachar means it's, it's more direct than just sharpening. It's more direct than that. It's as a result of reading these words and understanding what those words meant, quote unquote. I now understand the world around me. Not that I know how to make decisions when uh, when posed with something. Okay, that's that's an exciting uh cherry on top. So in other words, the claim is Rav Yosef, I don't know what you were talking about. Uh, this this statement over here, you said he'll that's your question. Okay, says Rav Yosef. He never meant to say that. It's not the ninth grader asking about Lulav HaGazul's applicability. He knows about that. <speaking in Hebrew> this is what he meant. <speaking in Hebrew> Why is there a statement with the word beginning? kamar? <speaking in Hebrew> Our sukya over here, we were never addressing halakha. Everybody knows, Yahid ve'rabim halakha, kerabim. Everybody knows the halakha is going to be like, hachamim. This was all an interesting and important conversation to figure out what did Rabi Li'ezer mean. He had that enigmatic, mysterious statement. What was his statement? Et aviha Bisrefa, et hamiha biskima. What do those words mean? When you finish that conversation, you don't say, and therefore the halakha is... No, not therefore the halakha. The halakha is like hachamim, irrespective of this whole conversation. You could have, and I mean it, maybe you wouldn't understand it as well, but you could have skipped an entire Amud Gemara and you still knew the Halakha Ma'aseh. We know. Halakha Kehachamim. We never debated that. So the issue Rav Yosef has over here is with beginning the sentence with Halakha Kehachamim. What's Halakha Kehachamim? Says the Gemara, says the says the says the says the that was his issue. And yes, that was his issue. And also he, was, he found it inappropriate to use the word Halakha, which the Gemara did. And in turn, quote unquote, so cut that out don't use the word halakha just say Rabbi Eliezer is working with the opinion of hachamim that's the proper approach to the matter and everybody knew the halakha everybody knows the halakha in theory is like hachamim so come out of my rabbi let me be- tell you know this is year 2022 but guess what a hundred percent, along the lines of what Nathan was saying. In other words, along the lines of Nathan saying, in general, when I now and But I'll i go more than deterrent. You say you say deterrent. I'll say I understand who I am and I understand what I do. Okay, so we hope, so, so we hope, it, so Morris's claim is it's a deterrent. My claim is it gives us an understanding of context of why and how we're supposed to be doing what we are doing, or what we actually are doing, not what we're supposed to be doing. I, listen, it's the example I give all the time, and I'll give it again, uh, it's just two weeks ago, parasha, in this context, the Torah says, ayin tahat ayin, says an eye for an and it says, betza tahat pat," and so on and so forth, which sounds very literal says Harlamba from his Mishneh Torah, following the eighth parak in Masachit Bavakama parak Chovel, Hashvashalom, Hashvashalom, Amash, Ayn ta Hat Ayn, an eye for an eye means money. It's Hammurabi's code which says an eye for an eye. The Torah negates Hammurabi's code. The Torah is telling you money. Of course, it's difficult to them. Why does the Torah say Ay ayin tah So the Gemara Al-Maseh in Perek Hovel deals with that. But Bam says this is what we call perush mikubal mi Moshe Rabbeinu. The Torah has a word. I don't know how to define that word. We have tradition how to define that word. There's no veering left or right on this. It is that. For example, priya It doesn't mean an exotic beautiful fruit. It means etron. perush mikubal mi Moshe Rabbeinu. Period. Haram Bamin is morei My father was just talking about this at the table on Shabbat. Haram is morei uh, nevuchim. If you've gone to his class on Shabbat, he told me he's going to talk about this uh, this Shabbat. It's, it's hard. Parashat Tesaveh. I was going to talk about Tesaveh. So I'll go back to Mishpatim again. Haram Bamin is morei says, no, the truth is ayin tahat ayin. It's manash. Are you kidding me? He just told me in your Mishneh Torah. It's asur to talk like that. You can't talk. He says, okay. And the rabbis interpreted it. they. Oh, they you talk like that the answer must be something along the following lines what Haram Bam is saying is in terms of value in terms of how we understand this world severity of action you took the eye of another person Mamash you are supposed to have your eye taken I'll never do that to you quote unquote we live in a day in parallel to us when we don't have Arba'a mitot betin so who cares the answer is there was never Ayin Ayin Mamash either but God is saying if you take someone else's eye that's what we're supposed to be doing to you so understand the severity of this action call it a deterrent call it an understanding of our system by stating it like that there's no contradiction then in the words of Halambam. That's the suggestion in all of these contexts. Whenever you talk about uh, it's not and as a result I build towers that have no meaning. Much meaning. Just like, and I mean it, a science class and a math class and a class and a class they all have meaning as well. If you properly orient it. If it becomes something you just do in the laboratory in the classroom, so then it is which is meaningless. For what reason? You went to the classroom, you spent all your time and what did you come out with? Alternatively, I didn't come out with something that now I'm putting to death. I didn't, hopefully, I'm, I'm not doing it now, says Mars. But beyond that, as I not, don't do it, or as I fall prey to doing it, I understand what is going on in my life because I've been sensitive to the words of God and understood them properly. Says the Gemara, my Rabbi Ishmael. Who is Rabbi Ishmael? We've been thrown around this opinion of Bishmael. What did Rabbi Ishmael tell us? We saw it on the last Amud. We saw it on the top of this Amud. Bishmael's opinion is the Arusa, Bat Kohen, gets Serefa. That's identical to Rabbi Shimon. However, the Nesua bat, bat Kohen, I, I should have said Bat Kohen, what does she get? Henek. Where's this Rabbi Ishmael? Who's this Rabbi Ishmael? The Tanya, as the Beraita says, Ubat Ish Kohen is not. Okay, there are the words of the Pasuk. The Pasuk we know. And just look ahead. There's a so we won't be talking about for that much longer. So make sure you savor the last moment. And says uh, Rabbi Ishmael, my knee-jerk response should be what sort of woman are we dealing with? What's the specific situation? She's an na'ara. She's a young lady. She doesn't have full maturity. And furthermore, she is arusa. We'll figure out why he means? Why he thinks that's the initial realization of pasuk? How do you know we're not even talking about a married woman? Who told you that? As Mar said earlier, more than once, as we dis- discussed, pasuk says the daughter of a kohen doesn't say married or engagement. Daughter of kohen to the extent that Mar said, it's a stretch. We accept it that pinuya is excluded. Batish kohen as batish ish et The statement of Rabbi Ishmael, in effect, goes as follows. There is a pasuk in Sefer Devarim, what is it? Perek Chaf, which states unequivocally and clearly a noef and a noefet. What's that talking about? People who have wrongful relations. They get a singular punishment. What's that? That's it. Fantastic. Well, not so fantastic, but that's the reality. Now, we have, that's called hakola Bichlal. That's all circumstances of wrongful relations. Hainek. Chalas, close the book. We don't need to do all this kind of stuff. But then you have a pasukim per of devarim. Bat Israel. By Bat Israel, the halacha is when she's an arusa and a na'ara, she gets punishment by sekila. It means that we removed her for a specific circumstance. And then I turn back the clock. I go to Vayikra and, and Parashat Emor. And I see that Bat Kohen also is an exception to the rule. What's the context? What situation? Well, I say if my first exception to the rule was talking about when she was engaged, that's the Bat Israel. So my suggestion in turn is that the Bat Kohen as well is only when she's engaged. The Kelal is all women. The Kerat, HaKelal, I should say, is Bat Israel. When she's arusa, I have another bat kohen. When she's a X, it's got to be arusa as well. That's the suggestion of the bishmial. So it says the Bishmael, Very easy to understand. Then he goes like this: in general, wrongful relations, Hanuk. Bat Israel, the Torah explicit when she's an arusa seki'la. Bat Kohen is another exception. I know from earlier in the Torah in Sefet Devarim, Parashat, in Sefet Vayikram, Parashat Emor. What is that sort of serifah? I know what circumstance. Well, it's got to be similar to the Bat Israel, It's when she's an arusa. What about when she's an Esuah? I told you, all wrongful relations are chenek. That's Rabbi Shmuel's opinion. Again, Rabbi Shmuel therefore says, and Arusa bat koenes bisrefa, and Su'a bat koenes bechenek baruch Adonai leolam. Amen and amen.